I speak to you this day in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. If someone asked you, what is the Eucharist, the Mass, the Holy Communion service is like in the Episcopal Church, what would you answer? An Episcopal service of the Eucharist is comprised of two components, the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the altar. The Word and sacraments are at the heart of our worship and our life together as Anglican Christians. And today's gospel brings these two elements together in a very bold way. Our sacramental life together is given by God out of love for us. The Word of God is given to us so that we may know God more fully and love Him more dearly. God's love is experienced in an hour-long drama every Sunday service, consisting of His Word and His sacrament. And in order to receive the sacrament of the Eucharist, however, we look to another crucial sacrament. For Episcopalians, true primary sacraments are baptism and the Eucharist. Jesus, who loves us, gives us the sacraments so that we can know his unending love for us in a very personal way. They are also given to us so that we may share in his love with each other and see his love in each other. As baptized Christians, we are disciples of Christ, destined for holiness. We are spiritual beings. We are ministers for our Lord Jesus Christ. The Eucharist, when experienced fully, is the Lord's love offering. Evelyn Underhill, one of the early 20th century's greatest writers on mysticism and spirituality, describes it this way. She says that she had great personal difficulty in reaching an adequate understanding and a deep experience of the Eucharist. When she finally did experience it, she said it was so awesome, so beautiful, and so intensely personal that it was quite undiscussable. In today's lesson, we are taught to love the Lord our God with our heart, with our soul, and with our mind. In other words, our entire being. And that is our mission in life. The mission in life is to know God in our heart by prayer. In our soul, as Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And people in this way may see it through our deeds. And they may see it in our minds through our learning. David Brown, a theologian and retired missioner, teaches that our mission in Jesus Christ is to learn the mind of Christ, to offer the prayer of Christ, and to do the deeds of Christ. In this way, in this manner, we love the Lord with all our being. The Lord teaches us to love. 
And that love is a verb. It requires action. To love is to do the deeds of Christ. I heard a country music song when I was in Mississippi one day, and that went something like this. That is the only place I listen to the country music, in Mississippi. A mother found under her plate at breakfast one morning a bill made out by her small child at age eight. It read, Mommy owes Danny for taking out the garbage, 50 cents, for helping out the dishes, 75 cents, for being good, 50 cents, for taking music lessons, 55 cents, and for all the extras, 25 cents. Total of $2.55. The mom smiled but made no comment. And at lunch, Danny find a bill along with $2.55 under his plate. And he found another piece of paper folded like the first. Opening it, he read, Danny owes mommy for nursing him throughout chicken pox, nothing. For clothes, shoes, and toys, nothing. For cleaning his room and changing his bed, nothing. And for cooking his meals, nothing, which is a total of nothing. And this story demonstrates so beautifully what it means to unconditionally love. Love has nothing to do with demands. Love is free. It cannot be bought. It cannot be sold. As MasterCard says in the old days, commercials, priceless. But it can only be given. And it should not expect anything in return. There are no attachments to love. And that's the way God loves. And that is how we are instructed to love. In the first Corinthians chapter 13, Paul says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud or rude. It is not self-seeking or easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love, God's love, never fails. The meaning of this godlike love opposes a very human spirit of criticism. To contemplate this, we can learn much about humility. To love is to embrace another, and we are attracted to love, and we can feel the love of others around us. But much of our world centers around the spirit of criticism, which repels others. We can feel this too. But criticism is not always bad, and it can lead us to a new understanding of God. However, criticism without love is sinful. We don't see this kind of criticism very often in the world, do we? It's always criticism without love which is the, the news that we hear every day. Mother Teresa of Avila once said that a Christian, if one in anything more than a name, 
will spend a short time each day contemplating their sins. That is not to condemn oneself for our sins, but to help us draw closer to God's love. Because sin separates us from God's love. When we see our sins and confess them to God, we are brought back into a right relationship with Him. Leo Tolstoy, the Russian novelist and philosopher, once wrote, Try not to hide the shameful memories of your sins in the dark corners. And on the contrary, keep them close to you and remember them before you. Remember them before you judge another person. It is important to remember that we are all trying to have a relationship with God. And in that, we are responsible for our own soul. The Lord instructs us today to love our neighbor as ourself. It is not enough that we should love, but we should show this love to others. The Anglican mystics like Evelyn Underhill and Teresa of Avila, Roman Catholic, are known to be great lovers of God. Underhill wrote that true mystics prefer to keep their secret communion with God unknown. They see their time with God very personal and very sacred. So we too must find time to be alone with Jesus. We must find time to be alone with God before we can love our neighbor. Because being alone with God teaches us we must love ourselves. Before we love ourselves, we must know that Jesus deeply loves us. Having that personal relationship with the Lord is how we know that He loves us. We don't always get that love, that warmth love, that communion from the sacraments. But we do get it from private devotion. The Book of Divine Thoughts says, do not think that you are generous because you give your excess wealth to a poor person. Real generosity requires that you give this person a place in your heart. What might this mean to us? A way that we can love our neighbor is to pray for them and ask God to bless them. Scripture in Romans says to bless those and to not to curse. All Hallows B says, send your good wishes up to the throne of grace so that people can receive the good things you wish for them. But in the second part of the gospel reading today, we hear Jesus asking the Pharisees, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? This seems like a simple question. Being good Jews, they answered, he is the son of David. Jesus has studied scripture. At the age of 12, he is teaching and preaching in the synagogues. People are amazed at his knowledge. He gives an answer in our gospel reading that stops these men who thought they were wise. No one could say a word because Jesus has refuted the sole claim of the Jews to Christ. Let it be our mission today to learn the mind of Christ. Let it be our mission to study the scripture. How many of our churches feel it is important to have Bibles in the pews? 
but how many of our churches actually use them. German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who lived in Germany during the Nazi regime, was executed in 1945 for a strong opposition to the Holocaust. He couldn't understand how the German people could worship God, hear His Word, continue to call themselves to be Christians, and still be indifferent to Hitler's Nazi regime. He wrote, It is my experience in the church that we keep ourselves close to the sacraments, but at some distance from the Word. This is commonly seen in the small attention paid to preaching, the trivial nature of so many sermons we hear, the absence of Bible study in congregations, and the infrequency of the personal reading of the Bible. I believe that this is an imbalance that needs correcting. End quote. He goes on to state that he believes that we have been negatively influenced by biblical fundamentalism and that fundamentalists have poisoned the well with their literal, narrow, and unloving interpretations of Scripture. It's almost 100 years after the Holocaust, but we still suffer from the same biblical fundamentalism. He offers a way that we can carry the word of the Bible around us. Bonhoeffer suggests using a single, short biblical passage to focus on one's daily meditation for an extended period of time. Maybe this week we too could use a short passage from one of the scripture readings today. It could be, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Or, for curious ones, it could be, what do you think about the Messiah? The practice involves taking a sentence out of the scripture and repeating ourselves throughout the day and the week. Mr. Bonhoeffer believes that this kind of regular meditation on a single short passage helps us to find in those words, over a series of days, the Word of God, the love of God. He believes that by doing this, we develop a personal relationship with God and a sense of His will. Teresa of Avila, in her book, The Way of Perfection, advises us to practice meditation. She says that meditation is the first step toward acquiring the virtues, primary virtue being charity, love. She believes that our very life as Christians depends on our beginning a practice of meditation. The Word and sacrament are at the heart of our worship today and our life together as Christians. May Jesus reveal to us today in a very personal way the true meaning of the Eucharist that we will soon receive. May we listen in silence and meditate on his word. And may the Lord bless us in our mission in Christ as we learn the mind of him and offer that prayer of Christ and do the deeds of Christ by loving God, loving our neighbor, and loving ourselves the way God loves us. God's love is utterly forgiven, unconditional and self-sacrificial. God's love 
is poured out in the shape of a cross. Do you want to receive that love today? Because you cannot give that which you cannot receive. God's love is what you will find in these pews. Stick around for a while, and you will know that you are loved by the arms of Jesus that is outstretched for you. And that is what we teach, preach, and live in these white wooden church with the red doors over the Gothic mill pond in Ripon. Our prayer today is that it is exactly what you'll find in our common life as disciples of Christ gathered here at St. Peter's Episcopal Church. Amen.